want to see it in our mind's eye. And not just because of a curiosity, not even because of a deep, deep faith that's seeking understanding, but because we've experienced those questions in our lives about what happens after we die. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. As we commemorate the ascension of Jesus this week, we face the challenge of imagining this extraordinary event. Our imaginations often strive to come up with some type of picture in our head as we yearn for understanding, yet we encounter the truth proclaimed by Jesus that the reality of heaven surpasses our limited capacity to conceive it. So despite not being able to envision it fully, Father McGrath asks us to embrace the joyous reality of the ascension and embark on a new chapter of faith. So this is the Feast of the Ascension. It's 40 days after the resurrection, uh, the Easter celebration. It lands on Thursday, typically and historically, but it gets moved to Sunday for the celebration in the community. Are you following me so far? 40 days after Easter is this moment, this celebration of the ascension of Jesus. And in that 40-day period of time, we have been hearing these stories of the resurrection accounts of Jesus. Jesus on the seashore and the disciples out fishing and recognizing him and making their way to the shore to have a meal with them there. Jesus on the road to Emmaus with two disciples. Jesus coming through the locked doors where his followers were because they were so afraid for their own safety and lives. So all these resurrection accounts have been pouring forth in these 40 days of prayer of the church since Easter Sunday. And they always beg the question, what difference does the resurrection make in your life and in my life? What difference does it make? How are we living differently? Because we've come to believe that this, in fact, is the case, that this Jesus of Nazareth was not simply an interesting prophet, but was the incarnation of God. And he burst through the bonds of death to bring us into a new life that never ends. What difference does it make? The question lingers. And so here we are on this 40th day-ish to celebrate the Feast of the Ascension. And the church puts in front of us these readings, these descriptions of the Ascension of Jesus. The first, in the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, is written by Luke. Tradition says it's written by Luke, the same person who writes the third gospel. And Luke is now continuing his story. He has told us in the gospel the story of Jesus. He, like Matthew, tells the story of Jesus from the infancy narrative onward. And all those images that flood our Christmas celebrations come from Luke, those images of the nativity of Jesus. And now in the second book, what we call the Acts of the Apostles, he says... Well, Theophilus, I told you in the first book everything that happened with Jesus. Now, I'll make an account of what happened in the life of the community because of Jesus. Theophilus is probably not a real person. The word, the name simply means one who loves God. And so it's, it's there as any God lover hear this story. And so Luke tells us this story that is probably the one that's somehow impressed in our own imagination and memory, which is this image of 
a point at which Jesus is lifted up in front of the disciples. Lifted up, it says, into the clouds, apparently out of the vision of those disciples gathered there. And they strain to watch this, only to be interrupted by the angels, who say, why are you looking up there? There's something to be done down here. And so that's the image of the ascension, perhaps. It's certainly one that's been vivid in my imagination since I was a little kid. And certainly our artwork has depicted this to lesser or greater degrees of success. Images of Jesus being lifted up, ascending. But then we get a second story. We get the story from the Gospel of Matthew in Galilee, where Jesus told his disciples to meet him after the resurrection. And he's there again teaching in that familiar turf, Galilee. And he says to them, I am with you until the end of the age. I've given you this, mi this mission to go and teach the world what I have taught you, to baptize in that name of God, Father, Son, and Spirit. I'm with you to the end of the age, period. End of gospel. That's the final line of the Gospel of St. Matthew. There's no, there's no physical ascension that's described. Matthew doesn't tell us that, that there was this, this lifting up into the clouds that Luke suggests in the Acts of the Apostles. Rather, it sort of ends with him sending those disciples from Galilee, a familiar place, to go do the work that he had been doing, to pick up the mantle. So which of these two stories is the correct one? Both, and neither, it seems to me. It seems to me that clearly something happened in the presence of Jesus' followers that marked the end of this part of the journey of his mission, this return to the Father, which we, we, we cling to as an article of faith. It clearly happened that Jesus returns, ascends, if you will, to the Father. But we, I think, get lost. We get a little stuck in our imaginations because we want to see it. We want to see it in our mind's eye. And not just because of a curiosity, not even because of a deep, deep faith that's seeking understanding, but because we've experienced those questions in our lives about what happens after we die. We've asked those questions about our beloved deceased family members and friends. I've said the words myself at funerals and in homilies about family members where I conjure images to console myself and others by saying, and I'm pretty sure dad's up there playing cards now and enjoying a good cocktail. Well, I don't know if that's precisely what's happening in heaven. I hope it's more than that, quite frankly. But our imaginations need something. They need a hook. They need some, some way of imagining the unimaginable. What's heaven like, they asked Jesus. And his response was, you're incapable of imagining it. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard what God is preparing for those who love him. And so Jesus' answer is, it's beyond you. It's, it's beyond your ability to imagine. So we create in our imaginations where he goes or what that is. There may have been, in fact, in the scriptures, this, this Hebrew cosmology at work that somewhere beyond the blue of the sky is a place, the place of God. And so it is, perhaps. But what we believe, what we believe in our tradition 
is that what happens to Jesus in the ascension is this return to the Father, which is to say the life of God that is outside of time and space. Are you with me? The, the belief that we hold is that God is not bound by time and space, and so that Jesus in the return to the Father is in that all-being, permeating reality of God, the Creator, God, the one who sustains all of creation, God who at a point in history sends the Son into the world to save it, to save us from meaninglessness, from death, from hopelessness, from the darkness. And the pathway, we believe, the thing that's eternal in the reality of who God is, is love. That that love, God's love, God who is love, ultimately triumphs over everything that holds us back from being the people we were created to be. And so we wrestle and get stuck with this imagining of what this all means. I take great consolation in knowing that the ones that I have loved in this journey of mine who have gone home to God, now I trust enjoy that life with God, what God has ready for those who love him, however imperfectly. So what do we do with the ascension? What do we do with this special feast? Well, it seems to me there's a whole lot here, and two things are worthy of note. Two things are clear in both descriptions of Jesus' return to the Father, and two things are repeated over and over again. The first is this, I am with you always. I am with you till the end of the age. Jesus' presence, his spirit, which will come at Pentecost in a special way, but his presence will be with his friends and his followers. That our God will not abandon us, but in fact will empower us to become that presence in the world. That we will be receiving the Holy Spirit so that we might be sent out to be the incarnation of that kind of love that is made manifest in God. And he will be with us. And this might be the, the most fundamental spiritual truth of our tradition. This might be the most fundamental thing that is essential in the spiritual life, which is this, to believe that God is in fact with us and learning to see that and to know that and to experience it and to pay attention to it, and to name it, and to celebrate it, and to live into it. Every saint and every mystic of our tradition has in their own way come to this realization that their life has been changed forever and for good because of the vibrant presence of God in their life now. So the first truth we can take away and try to live more deeply is that he's with us if we would but notice. He's with us in the way he's revealed in the holy scriptures, the holy food, the community of God's people, this world God has created. He is with us. And the second is that he gave us something to do. He gave us a mission. He gave us a mandate and a command. Go to the ends of the earth and tell the world what you have come to know. Share the story that you have come to know in me. It's not simply story time, but it's liberation time. 
If you go to the ends of the earth, if you go to the corner of your street and in some way share the hope of the gospel, the good news, the liberation, the freedom, the internal freedom you have come to know in me will spread and be shared. And so Ascension begs of us that question, how are we doing at sharing the good news? How in a fractured, cynical world are we somehow witnessing to something more, to a vision of God with us, to a testimony of God's presence in our lives, and a busyness about the things that really matter, and a letting go of the things that don't? We're invited into a deeper friendship with God always. And today, as we celebrate this return of Jesus to the Father, this ascension, let's pray for the grace to notice him present here with us now. And pray for the grace to respond by sharing what we've come to believe with the world around us. Time now for announcements and events. May is Mental Health Month, reminding us of the importance of community and social connection. Loneliness and isolation can have serious impacts on our health, as highlighted by Dr. Vivek Murthy, U.S. Surgeon General. Strengthen your relationships and support community efforts to rebuild social connections. Invest time in nurturing your relationships. Reach out to friends and family and minimize distractions during conversations. Serve and support others, practice gratitude, and engage with diverse backgrounds and experiences. Participate in social and community groups, reduce harmful social media use, and seek help when needed. Join Old St. Pat's Parish for opportunities to connect, volunteer, and rebuild social connections. For counseling services, contact licensed therapist Sarah Thompson at 773-234-9630 or at sarahT at oldstpats.org. Embrace the power of social connection and create healthier and happier lives and communities. Visit Old St. Pat's today to learn more. On May 24th, we'll be holding individual reconciliation in the church at 11.30 a.m. And on May 28th at 10 a.m., we're holding the You Are Not Alone Separated or Divorced Support Group sessions. Virtual and in-person options are both available. Are you a young woman seeking inner peace and connection? Look no further. Join the Women's Spirituality Group for a rejuvenating yoga session on the lawn. On June 6th at 6.30 p.m., head over to the OSP Courtyard and get ready to embrace the serenity of the great outdoors. Our yoga session will be followed by a delightful mingling session celebrating the beginning of summer. You'll have the chance to connect with like-minded individuals and create lasting bonds. We'll also have an array of sweets and refreshing drinks to indulge your taste buds. Remember to bring your own mat and join us outside for this invigorating experience. Don't miss out on this opportunity to find your balance and embrace the beauty of the season. So please join the Women's Spirituality Group for Yoga on the Lawn on June 6th at 6.30 p.m. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the 5 p.m. Mass on Sunday, May 21st by Father Pat McGrath. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. Thank you.